This is 21st Century Women Podcast, where we hear from fabulous women doing interesting things, where the goal is to celebrate their unique story while getting a little dose of inspiration ourselves. I'm your host, Jenna Watts, and you're listening to episode number 90 with Emily Hay, who in fact is a very special guest. Uh, She's my sister. Joining us today, Em is a health and physical education teacher who has taught an array of seniors and juniors. And we face homeschooling, COVID-19, and a very hot topic in and around our children not going to school and what that could look like. So today, Em will share with us a bit of information and insight as to how we can support our kids through COVID-19. Welcome, Em, to 21st Century Women. Thank you very much for having me. I mentioned at the start, just pretend I'm not your sister. Just pretend I'm a stranger and we won't fight and it'll be totally cool. So let's see how we go. No banter my end. (laughs) All right, let's kick things off. And we're going to focus on seniors at first because that's that's what you do primarily, Um, Mm -hmm. other than the fact that you have two small children. So your skills across the board are going to be really, really useful for people listening. But let's start with the difference between teaching in a classroom versus virtual learning and what that could potentially look like. Yeah, and this is going to be a big one for a lot of people and teachers like from new generation teachers to the older generations teachers having to adapt to this. The biggest thing from classroom to remote is taking away the major engagement factor of being the teacher and having to replace that somewhat at home for the kids whether they're sitting in front of the computer and watching it through a zoom classroom or if then they don't have that actual video like conference type calls that where they can keep motivated and engaged in what they're actually having to learn would you yeah would you say then that it's more important than ever that parents are really supportive in that motivation piece because they really have to encourage their kids to stay focused, to do their work, to get on, you know, to get to classroom, that kind of thing. Yeah, more than ever into that they're supporting and they, um, they're they really supportive of their child's learning and that they're checking in within that. So whether it be setting up, you know, properly setting up a nice desk space for them, a nice home environment where they can go to and structure themselves where they have a start time and a finish time, then they have their breaks throughout the day. So there's intervals, they're breaking up their study time but making sure that they're, you know, engaging with what they're meant to be doing and meeting their the curriculum demands, what, what VCE is, it's quite high. I have a friend um, who lives overseas and a friend of a friend, friend through friend would call her, and um, she's putting her kids in their school uniforms through the hours oh. of which they would be at school. And, uh, you know, girlfriends in my chat think it's quite controversial, whether it's a good idea or it's not a, not a good idea. What would you say, good or bad? I quite like it. I think that it might keep them a little bit motivated. If they're sitting in a classroom and they're seeing the rest of their peers necessarily, they might go, oh, that's cool, we're in a classroom together and it might not be so different than when you're at home. You know, the only problem it could be is where you have the students or the children that have the haves that have the internet set up, they have the computer, they have access to all those things and the support from home to be able to do that whereas are the ones that may not have that that mm. don't have the internet access at home where they might not have the motivation to put a school uniform on and and maybe even engage in what they're meant to be doing every day yeah what changes do teachers 
make to the curriculum you know if it does go online you guys I know that Victoria you guys have focused on planning um, should you know virtual learning go in term two um, does the lesson cha- lesson plans change drastically or is it just modifying it a little bit yeah particularly with the seniors they have a strict curriculum to follow there is some flexibility that you can apply to it but generally speaking lesson plans don't necessarily have to change in what content's being delivered. It's more about the delivery in terms of like adapting remotely, whether it be, you know, collaborative tasks, more individual tasks, um, things that can work towards students actually being able to complete assessment when they need to, um, you know, visuals, easy to navigate sort of activities and tasks. I, teachers have in part of your lesson plans, are you adding mood boosters and motivation, you know, at the start of a class, for example, just to get kids up and about? Because sitting at home and not leaving, leaving your house, for a teenager with all the hormones going on, that would be pretty yeah. intense, right? Oh, absolutely. And I know particularly with people I work with, and I work with an, an absolutely amazing domain, we do, we, we really want those kids to be able to touch in and be motivated and feel happy to be connected with the teachers like I know at my school, in the mornings they all have to sign on. So we've got so many amazing resources that are available to us. We're using highly um, Office 365 where students will be logging on in the morning and connecting in as, as a home group. And then at the end of the day, your home group teachers would then go back and say, yeah, everyone's connected through the day. You pretty much mark a role. And then we know the ones that are engaging or not engaging and we can contact them individually and support them where we need to to make sure they are getting the things that they need to do and that they're okay mentally because the mental health thing will be a really big impact through this time for if we go remote and for how long we go remote. Mm. What about exams? Like if we go remote, how do you do exams? I know if I was in year 9, 10, 11 or 12, I'd be cheating. <laughs> well, that's Guaranteed. the biggest question around everyone's head. How are, how is the assessment going to be completed this year? Mm. Will Year Twelve kids even complete an exam this year? Yeah. Um, and then, how are we going to be supported by the tertiary universities, TAFEs? How can then students go forward and moving on this year without having to repeat? Because that's the last thing I think people want to do. Absolutely. Well, I think there's a big question mark in and around all of that, and I'm sure more will come to fruition um, as time goes on and we get clarity as to what Term 2 and potentially Term 3 looks like. Something I want to ask you is basically some advice for parents. Um, And this isn't just the current situation. This is in general, so it doesn't matter um, virtual as if COVID didn't exist. But what are some of the main objectives out of a kid's school year and what should parents be looking for to achieve that object- objective while learning at home? Yeah, so if, you, if you're thinking right now and you've got a child in going through your VC, you're like year 12 as such, the biggest thing is making sure that their mental health, like the objective is maintaining a healthy mental health state. And that's through your structured routine, setting up for achievement, okay? Not so that they can lose enough that where they don't necessarily can move forward. But you want to make sure that they're able to set themselves up. They want to know whether they want to pass. They want to have high attendance. Yep. Okay, they have the score that they want to achieve. And the biggest thing for parents is making sure that they're involved in that. It's and making sure that they're asking, not berating. You know, not just saying, "Have you done your homework?" But mm. supporting them and saying, "How's maths going today? What have you been working on in English? You know, how did you go on that last task that you had to submit? Can I help you with anything?" making sure that they're really showing that parents care about their child's learning and that they're supporting them through that. And that will set kids up for a really successful 
year. Mm. And that's it, whether they're getting A's or C's, you know, it's about applying yourself and, you know, trying to do the work, staying engaged, all of those things, which absolutely makes sense, not just in facing COVID-19 and, you know, virtual learning, but also just spot on in terms of just general life, I would have thought. That's right. And one from one student to the next student, what they see as being a really high achieving goal for them in terms of their objective for the year, to, whether it was to pass the year or to have a high score, everyone's going to have to work on their different goals separately. So making sure that you understand what those goals are to meet them. And like you said, if you have a high an A pass rate or a C pass rate, that might work for those students. That might be where they need to be at. So, um, yeah. We've touched on a lot here in terms of how a parent can support their kids, you know, setting up routines, supporting them, being engaged in the way that they're learning to, you know, give them comfort and to care and to be interested. But also I'm assuming there's a little bit of independence where they have to take accountability for their own work and their own results and also what they put in. And so the next question probably goes into this a little bit, but is all of this, you know, go hand in hand where parents are helping their kids to gain enough knowledge or the knowledge or all of it to pass or flourish in an exam? Yeah, absolutely. The biggest thing for parents is as they want to support their their own children is to support what teachers are doing. All right, So they don't necessarily have to deliver the knowledge of things, but that's life skills they're going to learn from home, whether it's sitting around the table, having dinner as a family. All of those things will definitely help support a student becoming successful and doing what they need, want to do in life as such. Um, but the biggest thing is parents supporting what the teachers are doing and don't come in with that conflicting, I can do it from home differently or I can show them different things. It's supporting the teachers through the curriculum they're delivering. Yeah. And then let's talk about some study habits. Um, there's study habits that we can talk about normal, but particularly in COVID-19 when we feel like we're trapped inside. Um, what are some study habits that parents can help their kids with? And especially maybe that younger seven, eight, nine, where they don't have that self-motivation through that 11 and 12. Yeah, the, I think the biggest thing here is setting up an environment checklist, like your home environment checklist. So things like lighting, if you've got a desk or you have to sit at the coffee, uh, your dining room table, do you have enough lighting to come through that, you know, you're not just got the lights on top of you? Is there light coming through from windows? Things like fresh air and ventilation, can you open a window for some fresh air? Um, Is the workspace big enough? Like are you organised that you can have your books next to you, put them away when you might want to move to your next subject and so forth? Have you got a comfortable chair? Um, You know, little things like that, less distractions. If you're needing to really focus on something, what distractions are around you? There might be some older students out there that have to look after or babysit their younger siblings because their parents might be working. So the distractions of those will come into play a lot as to whether the kids can continue to learn and what distractions they have, whether it be younger siblings or a TV, music, you know, screen time, whether it's sitting on a Nintendo, Xbox, whatever kids are doing. That's probably one of the biggest things is maintaining a healthy environment around you and and keep to the timetable. Set yourself up a, a bit of a routine. If you're meant to be in English for the next 45 minutes, you set yourself up that. You follow your bit of a timetable, routine structure. You're making sure that you do have a start time and an end time. You do have your breaks where you're eating healthy foods and don't get stuck in the whole, I'm at home, I'm going to binge eat because it's easy to do. I know I've been doing it a lot. You know, you have too many cups of tea at home instead of sipping on your water. You know, making sure you've got your water bottle there, 
exercising is the biggest thing to maintain a st- like study habits and that can be the hardest thing all sports suddenly stopped those that have been really active in the past would be missing those sorts of things and the interactions from that and that comes hand in hand with study habits like exercise we know boosts energy we know that it gives you concentration levels there's endorphins being released the little happy chemicals that are released we know that that's important and exercising controls your mood swings so as teenagers you need to control your mood swings and the biggest thing I think as well is sleep good sleep will also help study habits because you've had good sleep you're energized and you're ready to go not sitting on your phone until midnight because you feel like you're on holidays even though that's exactly midway term too have you yes, guys, screen time's big, yeah. Mm, have you guys thought about, or you might be doing it, virtual playtime, lunchtime recess where kids can, I don't know, hang out with their mates, what would typically be lunchtime where they can, you know, sit and talk and play basketball or down ball. I don't even know what's popular at school these days. <laughs> um, yeah, four squares, four squares, huge these days still. Four squares. Down ball, yeah. they call it four squares, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not and that basketball. old after all. <laughs> Um, yeah, do, are you guys looking at that or are you trying to encourage kids in that time to get off the screen and go outside and, and do something else? Yeah, well, I can't personally say that that's come across in terms the agendas of us talking about recess times, lunch times and engaging kids through that. But as a PE teacher, I know with the rest of our PE teachers, we've been setting up activities where they can watch us on video. So we might set up a virtual video where they can see the PE teacher doing something or a YouTube clip. We've also got other ones where they, like they could print off a piece of paper, go out in their backyard and, you know, throw a ball to your brother or sister. If you've got a brick wall, you know, get your hand-eye coordination going. Little things like that to try and help kids that may not necessarily be active at home generally to help them go outside and keep up to date with their the PE side of things because it's a core subject, physical education, and students are meant to be doing 110 minutes a week. So if if they're at home and they're not continuing to do that exercise, that will start to have an impact more on the mental health side of things, I would think. Your juniors, for example, in your PE, what will be your PE classes virtually come terms too, are you going to do little... No, I, I mean, you're not going to go out and learn how to do high jump because not everyone's going to – I mean, that would be dangerous, everyone, all the kids doing high jump on Zoom <laughs> onto their beds or something. That would be strange. But Yeah, that could be impossible. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I tried as a kid and it wasn't great. So, um, My kids do it in the lounge room now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but are you guys going to look at doing, you know, basically just a little circuit or something to get all the kids active that they can do with cans of tomato or something? Or Yeah, 100%. Yeah, the circuit – We've got it. That's where I was saying before. We've got to remember what students will have and what students won't have, and that's going to be the biggest thing: is to run a PE session, knowing that they can do things with ever what they don't have. So, you know, if you've got a trampoline in the background, we say, "Have you got a trampoline? Go and do 100 jumps on the trampoline. Have you got a skipping rope? Pretend to have a skipping rope, sort of thing." Yeah. Um, there's lots of different things that you can modify and adapt into lesson plans that can make it work very easily from home. Obviously, they just won't have their peers in there. So the engagement level and, and working in groups in t- sort of a team sport environment won't necessarily be there. Be more individual pursuits type of term. 
What about the kids that, like you said before, don't have internet access, don't have Wi-Fi, aren't privileged enough to have all of those tools, which I think many people listening would take for granted how many people think that you've got internet and all the tools that you need to, to learn and live virtually. There's a significant amount of kids that don't have access to these. Is that right? Yeah, particularly at the school I'm at, like we most schools these days, if you even national national wide, have a one to one program. So that's where they have one like a computer each. Yeah. So at my school, every student is expected to bring a computer to school every single day. Um, and I know a lot of primary schools are that way as well. They all have their own laptops and things. We still have students that have families that either sometimes can't afford to do that. Um, and or they may have a laptop, but then they don't have internet connection and things like that at home. That's going to be the biggest hurdle and somewhere in terms of what we're having to do is how can we reach out to those people, printing off packs, mailing it to them, you know, um, printing off their workbooks, mailing it to them. And that's the biggest thing. Like we're doing lots of surveys and to find out which families need more support, you know, more vulnerable in these times as to how we can help them. Yeah. Now let's touch a little bit on junior and primary because senior is, I would argue with my little knowledge on education, is wildly different because there is exams and you mentioned before there's university and TAFE and there's a progress plan you know, for basically kids leaving school. But when you look at junior kids and primary, that's a totally different ball game, especially the younger years of primary when we know that the learning I love the learning and the education system in Scandinavia. It's very play-based and um, and you mentioned earlier that Victoria and schools and the curriculum in Australia are sort of doing a lot more play-based learning as well, which is brilliant. So parents stressing when they've got kids, uh, you know, in primary school, should they be stressing about, you know, them learning the numbers and things or should they be present and just let them play and be kids? Yeah, I think if you foster happiness, let them play and be kids, particularly this time. It's holidays. We don't know if we are going remotely either way. But if we are fostering happiness, you're playing, letting kids be kids, you're cooking with them. Little things like measuring, you can show them numbers when you're, you know, 125 grams of butter. Student, like your children are then seeing those numbers and that can link in with those things. If we start to put too much pressure on younger generation kids now and the littler students, I don't that would put too much impact on on mm. the kids themselves where, yeah, absolutely, let kids be kids. But when we go back and if we are having to learn remotely, I know that plenty of primary schools are really, really supportive in all their online systems and they've sent home packs to students. So, yeah, there would be expectations of what they might have to do, continue with their reading, um, their reading books, whatever in primary school they do these days with their numeracy, literacy type of things. So I would say, yes, you'd have some kind of impact of doing that, but don't have to work your kids nine till three, you know, like let them be kids, making sure you're touching in with them, you know, support what the teachers have provided, but making sure you're engaging with them and really enjoying that time you might not have never had with your children at home. Like there's a lot of people who have had to work full time and so suddenly having their children home with them full time as well where they might have to work from home is something that will be a learning curve for everyone. So playing games puzzles reading books riding your bikes and going for walks as a family they're all really important things that life skills that younger children will take with them forever 
that we, won't have a massive impact. Yeah. And we do have, we're having a, a phone a digital technology expert joining us to talk about basically the screen time. She is a specialises in this. Um, but also she, we want to focus on right now because like you said just then, if parents are working at home, um, it's very easy to chuck on a TV and go just watch a movie yeah. and then all of a sudden there's three movies. So yep. how much screen time is okay, do you think? Or, you know, what are some other activities, you know, cooking, going for walks? What are some other things that you can get your kids to do? Like, does it help even just giving them board games to play with siblings if they're fortunate enough to have siblings? Yeah, absolutely. There's so many, like limiting screen time as best, as, like most as much as you can, sorry, the better. Like they say two hours maximum a day. That's mm. aside from homework. So if you've got homework on and things like that and you're sitting in front of a computer, that's a little bit different in terms of screen time. But screen time, whether it being uh, sitting and watching a movie, kids' shows or on your gamings and things like that, limiting it, limiting it to two hours a day would help because it overstimulates a child. So there are so many things you could do at home, whether it be you set a little scavenger hunt up where they have to find things outside, a scavenger hunt inside, make some Play-Doh with them when they can then play with the Play-Doh while you're doing some work. Absolutely, like you said, board games, all those sorts of things there that can keep your children interacting with each other and still keeping themselves busy without potentially interrupting your work time and keeping everyone patient and everyone fostering happiness at home. I um, I heard on the radio, I can't remember which station it was, um, but they mentioned, you know, kids eating a lot at home. Partly, you can understand, they'd be a bit bored. We're all binge snacking. We're all going, are we going to come out of this, you know, a lot heavier? Who knows? Hopefully, we're all getting some exercise in daily. But they mentioned on the radio show they've got a little lunchbox and they put or a basket and they put all their food in there for the day and it's up to the kids to figure out if they want to eat it all early or, you know, divide it up at their certain times. But that's all they get for the day. So there's your lunchbox and on your pop. Do you think that's a good strategy for parents at home to just limit how much binge eating or boredom eating and creating bad habits in and around that? Yeah, I actually think that's a great idea. I know myself, my, my own children would go up to the pantry, grab something out, and then before I've even gone yes or no, they've opened it and they're eating it. So controlling what goes in and out is a big thing. Like in terms of going to bed at night time, they might be going to bed a bit later because, you know, they're not stimulated as much during the day going to school and interacting with their friends and everything. So making sure you manage what goes in would be a really important factor definitely at home and I think the lunchbox idea is a brilliant idea because then you also know what they've put in so come dinner time you know how much they've eaten and you know you can maybe every now and then give them a little treat where it where it be necessary and whatnot so and what about I mean I'm thinking right now if I had young I've got young kids but it doesn't really impact me at the moment because I'd be doing the similar stuff if my kids were a bit older say three four five all primary school age kids want to be challenged right can you give them challenges and chores and activities and there's no reason why they can't chip in around the house and do more chores uh, you know to keep them busy to keep them stimulated and then more of those challenges, you know, because basically kids aren't getting as many challenges being at home as they would be at school or, you know, swimming sport or wherever they are in a normal yeah. routine. Absolutely. And and children thrive off the reward. Like when you when you say to them, that's amazing, fantastic job, the smile and the, the like how they light up when they feel like they've done something well. And mm. so challenging them, absolutely, whether it be a little bit, 
cleaning the house and putting a vacuum on and sweeping the floor, getting a dust brush, you know, yeah. get the skills from a dust um, pen and a brush in your hand. Gardening, like I, my little boy, he will be helping me all the time. He's in the garden. He helps carry wood into the wheelbarrow. He would do things all the time and that's it. he then sets himself up for little challenges. And I think that's a really important thing to do at home that you're keeping their mind going and making them feel important and making them feel supported in that what they're doing and they're involved. Yeah, like all the way down to we're having dinner soon. Who wants to peel the vegetables tonight? Set them up that they're doing those sorts of things. And it's still working on, you know, your fine motor skills, all those little things that can be important to help and learning along to cook. the way. <laughs> and learning to cook. Seven-year-olds might be the next master chef. I think there is a master chef for kids. There's, I think there is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Even uh, way down to you know pairing up socks, things like that. Yeah. That's a challenge. Colors. That's true. Yeah. Cool. Uh, although my OCD folding, I'd be like, you can fold and I'll fold it again. <laughs> <laughs> and stacking a dishwasher, maybe. <laughs> Now, a couple of last questions that we do on 21st Century Women. And the first one is a book or a podcast that you would recommend. Yeah, in terms of books, I do read a lot of textbooks. So regularly the VCE, particularly Health and Human Development, have updates. So I'm always looking at a textbook and keeping myself up to date. So a textbook, which is kind of boring. Otherwise, uh, I, a podcast I listen to would have to be yours, obviously, the 21st Century Women. <laughs> Keep up to date with that. And I've recently listened to Australian birth stories. Oh, great. I've yeah, they're enjoyed great. enjoyed some Australian birth stories, yeah, which I've really enjoyed. I'm too scared to listen to them yet. I just want to have my yeah. kids and then I'll listen to them. <laughs> uh, which is probably where I'm at if I was in the middle too. I mean, you can pick and choose what stories you want to do. Some are amazing, mm. you know. And I just yeah, think just stay in my own little bubble for now and then I'll, <laughs> when I come out, I'll listen to them. And then uh, and lastly, a quote that you live by or one that inspires you. So a couple here with a teacher hat on, sort of a teacher's coach's hat, is that I've always gone through team, as in together everyone achieves more. Mm -hmm. And I really emphasise that in the classroom as well because if together everyone's working towards the same goal or to the same exam and we work together to to achieve the best, then together everyone achieves more. And then a quote that I've sort of come through in the last little while is actually I can, Mm -hmm. just as simple as that. It's very, uh, very in keeping with our grandmother. Yeah, <laughs> Millie. She's actually. She is a I can actually I can yes. and I will I kind can. of woman. Um, Not a doer. I can. No, <laughs> she's a she's a doner. If that even makes sense, <laughs> it's done before she said it. Uh, True. Well, thanks, Em, for all of your insight, and um, I'm sure there'll be some really handy tips for parents going through and facing this. Um, and I think just simplifying a little bit, you know, and they're really simple tools um, that can just, I suppose, make it less overwhelming. So thank you for your time Absolutely. and thank you for sharing uh, all that you've got. Thanks for having me, and I look forward to speaking to you again soon.